All right, time for Keith Baldry, Baldry's Beat, Global News Bureau Chief in Victoria. Hey, Keith. Good morning. Let's start with the latest on the fight over Surrey policing. And I think this is an interesting wrinkle here with the union for the Surrey Police Service here, now alleging that a Surrey city councillor who voted in favour of keeping the RCMP is in a conflict of interest. What's going on here? Yeah, so you got the Surrey Police uh, Union president uh, wanting to file a complaint, ethics complaint against councillor Rob Stutt. Yeah. Uh, who he says uh, has both his son and daughter employed by Siri RCMP, did not disclose that. Of course, this was a 5-4 vote to keep the RCMP or reverse the transition, and he voted in favor of that. So they're alleging this is a conflict, an ethical breach, but it's the latest twist in this ongoing saga. So he voted, so this Surrey City Councillor voted in keeping the RCMP in Surrey where his kids work. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And, he's, and Brendan Locke also put him as uh, the chair of the Public Safety Committee, which oversees the RCMP, which is another um, conflict, according to the union's uh, take on this. Okay, well, I wonder what the, a strict reading of Surrey's conflict of interest rules would say about that. It would appear to, you know, on the surface, you'd think that, you know, your kids work here. How can you vote on that? Yeah, well, you know, that's the argument the union's making. This, yeah. this is the union representing the new Surrey Police Service. Which right. it just adds a bit of spice to this ongoing uh, argument. And as as you said, the the vote at Surrey City Council was very close. Five four. Five four, including this councillor. So if he had declared a conflict of interest and abstained, so it would have been a tie it would vote. Would have been a tie vote, which I don't think I don't think that would mean you go back. It wouldn't be an indecisive vote. <clears throat> it wouldn't be uh, in favor of retaining the RCMP. Doesn't mean the city couldn't still require or ask the province, look, we want to overturn oh, yeah. this. Yep. You know. But again, it's just an interesting wrinkle uh, yeah. to this, this allegation made by the union this morning. We haven't heard from Brenda Locke. We haven't heard yeah. from uh, Mike Farnworth today. Right. I'm sure this will come up with uh, Minister Farnworth sometime this afternoon. Okay, speaking of Farnworth, this is the Solicitor General. So this is his file. This is the buck stops on his desk with this one. Let's have a listen to Farnworth here talking about the delays here in making a decision on which police force will serve in Surrey. Have a listen. The transition itself has been underway for, you know, the better part of uh, two years now. Uh, And so to unwind it is obviously a very complex undertaking and a lot of issues around that. It's still tough to know where the province is going to land on this. Yes, you know, a bit of tea leave reading. You know, everybody's parsing Farnworth's words very carefully. But he did flag uh, recently... um, a concern with uh, the RCMP, and that is the ability to deliver um, enough officers and warning about no way he's going to sign off on a plan that would see the RCMP take existing staff, existing officers from other detachments, such as Surrey, Coquitlam, um, uh, Richmond, and staff Surrey that way, because that would deplete uh, forces elsewhere. And he made that reference in the House a couple times. So this has implications on a province-wide basis. So again, does that mean he's in favor of the transition or going back to the RCMP? But he seems to be giving a little more <clears throat> credence to the argument that the RCMP does not have sufficient human resource levels to provide adequate safety levels. Right. And if you read between the lines of that, you'd think like, oh, that means maybe he wants to keep going forward with the new Surrey police force and not go back to the RCMP. On the other hand, like you said, reading the tea leaves here, David Eby had that other comment that we want to put this back in the hands of the mm-hmm. city as quick as possible yep. and make their decision. And everyone, you know, when, when Eby said that, thought, oh, that, now it sounds like <laughs> they, they want to go back to the Mounties. So Yeah, uh, again, a lot of this is trying to read between the lines. Um, the other complicating thing here, speaking of the Surrey Police Unit, it's a union. 
right? Yeah. Uh, which is a big factor here. Does the NDP sign off on a deal that just basically decertifies a union? That seems to be complicated as well. Yeah. Okay. And we're getting closer to crunch time on this thing, right? There's supposed to be yeah. a decision on it soon. I think, right? yes, probably within a month or two, I would yeah. think. Maybe a little longer. Because like, like you said last week, like Farnworth wants this thing he off his wants, desk. Exactly. Wants, yeah. He's just tired of talking about this, getting asked the same question every day, having to come up with the same answer every day. Question period this afternoon. Wouldn't be surprised if there's a question or two from the Liberals on this. Yeah, okay. We continue to watch that one. Uh, tomorrow is budget day. Which means I will not be here. Where will you be? I will be in the budget lockup. Right. What is a budget lockup? Tell that, people what that is. That's where reporters go into the convention center here or wherever, or Vancouver, I think it's at a hotel. You have to give up your cell phone and all communication with the outside world until the finance minister stands up in her desk at the legislature to deliver the budget speech approximately 2 o'clock tomorrow. So we go in the lockup at 9, and so we get the budget. And it's not, it's a fairly comprehensive document, plus some supporting documents. Yeah. There's spending estimates, books, and this type of thing. And we get access for a time to deputy ministers yeah. who really break down their areas of spending or re- revenue and you go through it line by line. It's, I like lockups because it basically forces you to spend five hours, yeah. uh, you know, s- soaking up all the minutia of a provincial budget. I always tell people budgets aren't covered in one day. They're covered over a period of weeks yeah. because um, there's just so much information at your fingertips. And it's just basically a forced learning exercise. The last hour of the lockup is somewhat um, maddening because you just want to get out of there. Yeah. And you get stale coffee at the <clears> beginning. <throat> <laughs> also, there's another lockup of what are called the stakeholders, all the interest groups, yes. all the various associations, yeah. unions, business, uh, you name it. Uh, they get their own lockup. Yeah. Then the two lockups merge at about uh, noon or so. We also get the finance, and we get reaction from the right. from the various stakeholders. Yeah. Also, at about ten <clears throat> o'clock tomorrow, uh, in the lockup, the finance minister Katrina Conroy will give a presentation which is a PowerPoint presentation and all the highlights of the budget, then comes back around noon after we absorb all this information and soak it all up and then holds a news conference and takes questions from okay. the media. Long day, and that's all coming up tomorrow. And real quickly, what do you expect in the budget tomorrow? What are you looking for? Well, you know, budgets aren't that secretive because they're basically part of a, th- a, a moving three-year fiscal plan. So every budget is a three-year plan. So if you go, if you look at last year's budget, it lays out the expectations for this year's, the budget that's going to be delivered tomorrow. And the government's usually pretty good, whether it was the BC Liberals or the NDP, at hitting their spending targets. There's not usually a huge change in the spending, other than things like, you know, you, things you can't account for, like wildfires or flooding, that type of thing. There's a big contingency b- budget for that. But I had a piece on last night pointed out well, the healthcare will probably come in at about $27 billion of spending. <clears throat> Overall spending will be around $73 billion. Deficit, according to the last you know fiscal report update, 4 to $5 billion. Uh, and, so they're uh, going from a huge surplus to a, a $4 billion deficit. Yeah, and where the government is not accurate all the time, uh, no government, is on the revenue side. Because you don't know what the revenues, you don't know what the tax levels are going to be. You can take a rough guess, but they are rough guesses. And there was a big rough guess in the current budget. Ottawa came in with some restated income tax returns that just greatly uh, increase would turn that deficit into a huge surplus, along with this unexpected windfall in natural resource revenue. Okay, big day tomorrow for the budget. Real quickly, 
this surprise performance by Neil Young at the legislature yesterday. I talked to the organizers of how they pulled this off. Super secret. This big rock star shows up, gives a, a live performance, first in over three years. Let's have a listen to what he had to say. Neil Young yesterday. These old trees, they show us the power of nature when we are being threatened. They show us the past and they show us our future. And that's something that I hope our Canadian government and business section will recognize. Okay, that was Saturday. I keep saying it was yesterday. It was actually happened on Saturday. Saturday yeah. And what do you think? Does this have any influence on government policy no. or public opinion? No. What? Okay, let's start government policy first of all. Well, first of all, government policy is to defer a little more than 2 million hectares of old growth uh, stands from logging. So that's the biggest um, protection we've ever seen of old growth uh, timber. But that does implicate the... Uh, no, they want ones. a 100% ban. Yeah. And where it gets complicated is you have a number of First Nations have financial interest in logging on a limited basis some of these stands, particularly here on Vancouver Island, which is the whole Ferry Creek dispute. Yeah. That's a First Nations company. Yeah. So you've got this situation where environmentalists are expecting the government to square off against the First Nations when it comes to their economic activity on their ancestral land. That's not going to happen. Um, so, again, Neil Young... I'm sorry. I I like Neil Young for years. Oh well, yeah, big fan of his music. Sure. I'm kicking myself. I was actually down here on Saturday, but I came a little late. I was I parked. Was going to the office. I looked over, and there's a big crowd out in front of the ledge. I could see. You just saw just another rally. Yeah, another rally. Right. So I just saunter over, and one of the security says, "Oh, you just missed Neil Young, Keith." I'm like, what? Oh, wow. Now no. he sang two songs. Yeah. Comes a time and Heart of Gold. Heart of Gold. Yeah. Two, two great songs. Two great songs. Yeah. So I'm sorry, uh, sorry I missed that. But yeah. again, zero impact on on a government. Well, see, the thing is, you know, speaking of First Nations, uh, I would have loved to have seen what he would say if someone said to him, "What do you say to the First Nations leaders who are doing old growth logging on mm -hmm. their traditional territory? What's your message to Indigenous people who are who are working in this industry? Would you tell them, well, I'm sorry, you know, you've got to stop logging?' Yeah, no, would that, you say that? that that would be a difficult question. And so one of the conditions of his appearance there, uh, according to the security, I think the organizer told you as well, is we they weren't allowed to tell anybody. Oh, no, it was top yeah, secret. Top secret, otherwise yeah. you'd have, you know, 10,000 fans on their head, nothing to do with the protest. Right. Baldry's beat. We were just talking off there, off air about Neil Young. He had not performed in over three years live, and a, a lot. It was largely due to the pandemic. He would not perform during pandemic, and he criticized other artists who mm -hmm. were holding concerts because he called some of these concerts super spreader events. Yeah, you know, so, one of my old heroes, Eric Clapton. He's like the opposite would, of Eric yeah, Clapton. Would defy say, oh, "I don't believe in vaccines right. and this nonsense." So, no, Neil Young stuck to his guns. For yeah. three years and uh, didn't perform because he regarded it as unsafe. Yeah, there is some uh, speculation he, he'll go back on tour. There's, there's rumors. I was reading Rolling Stone this morning. They covered this. Well, you know, saying that he might go back on tour now. He's been around forever. Yeah. I mean, you got to go back to the, you know, sixty six, sixty seven, Buffalo Springfield. Oh my goodness! You know, so he's CSNY. got longevity. You know, say David Crosby recently died. Yeah. Of the Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, yeah. uh, and you're going to see a lot of rock stars pass away from associated from the '60s and '70s, just the yeah. age. But Neil Young keeps on going. Keeps going. Jock in Parksville. Hi, Jock. Go ahead. Yeah. Hi, Mike and Keith. Listen, this uh, old growth logging, and and I was in the industry over 60 years. I've got uh, kids and grandkids that are still logging, and they're going to ruin it for 
the North Island particularly, but the silliness of it is the old growth, over-mature forests are producing more carbon than a healthy second growth forest. So it's more of a spiritual thing for an old tree that it seems like the environmentalists don't quite get. And one, one other little thing, if I might bring it up, as far as making life more affordable, affordable for British Columbians, uh, we have 30 new or increased taxes that the NDP have brought in. And believe me, they're not making life more affordable for me. Thank you very much. Thank you for the call. Yeah, taxes, we, I don't think we're going to see any new tax increases tomorrow, nor will we see any tax cuts. Um, I think the the um, focus tomorrow is going to be on affordability. There may be, we're still got a month left in this fiscal year. So the surplus that's there is, is slowly being spent, another $500 million on the weekend to BC Ferries. You have the um, tax credit on the weekend as well. Don't know what the total number uh, there in terms of cost, but you sort of separate the spending of the surplus versus the budget tomorrow. So even when the budget's tabled tomorrow, there's still one month left in the current fiscal year to spend that money. So it's- yeah, and and as for the caller's point about old growth logging, like he was saying, you know, making a point about carbon sequestration from forests, and you know. I have heard this argument too that when for old growth logging, it's a renewable, so you can cut these trees down, which upset a lot of people. But then you replant them, mm-hmm. and it continues to represent like a carbon sink. A carbon sink, correct? Yeah. yeah. So oh. that's one of the arguments. But um, in terms of the two sides here, there's sort of two um, two <clears throat> solitudes. Oh yeah. I mean, and so I'll tell you, the environmental movement, though, is is powerful and well-funded in B.C. I mean, we just saw that on the weekend. They pulled that oh, out. it's very well-funded, yeah. and it's usually funded from foreign sources. The United States off, tech off, billionaires. Sometimes it is, often it is. Rob in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob, go ahead. Hi, hi good morning, guys. Um, when it comes to there, I'm weighing in on the Surrey Police and the RCMP. Look, I, I was listening to Jazz the other day on his show, and he had Wally Opal on. To me, this, I mean, it seems like a no-brainer. Wally Opal said the, right now the Surrey Police Force is taking 20% of the calls. Well, so what does that tell you? That tells you that the RCMP are taking easy, or, you know, the other, sorry, 80%. It, it, this seems pretty, it should be, you know, it, 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 you'll have to unwind this, but it's to me, uh, and for Farnsworth to also say that uh, he's worried about the staffing of the RCMP, excuse me, they graduate members every week from Depot in Regina. I, I just don't know where he finds that that going to be a problem to staff it. Um, and Wally Opal also said, well, what about the people that have moved to Surrey, you know, from other, from other areas around, across Canada? Well, what about the RCMP members that have moved here and wanted to work in Surrey as an RCMP member? You know, it's, that's, okay. to me, it's common sense. So, it could be the RCMP. Yeah, thank you. you have a question? Or? Okay, thank you. Yeah, so the uh, Regina Depot does graduate people all the time. And BC gets about a third of the graduates. But the problem right now is that there's more people leaving the RCMP in terms of retirements or just whatever than are being replaced. And so I think there's something like 700 vacancies of the RCMP in, in, in BC. And keep in mind, the RCMP is not just Surrey. It's it's uh, various detachments right across the province. Uh, again, Surrey is just a minor part of the overall RCMP pictures. When Rob talks about recruits coming from Depot, yeah, they do come, but they're all over the place, not just three. 911. 911, what's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh my god, the ship is sinking. I can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going down. I've got a lock on your.
your location. Stay with me. Hello? Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.